Chapter Six of *The Bishop's Secret* by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The Man with the Scar. This engaging individual looked at Cargrim with a fierce air. He was not sober and had just reached the quarrelsome stage of intoxication, which means objection to every one and everything. Consequently, he cocked his hat defiantly at the curate and although he blocked up the doorway made no motion to stand aside cargrim was not ill-pleased at this obstinacy as it gave him an opportunity of entering into conversation with the so-called decayed clergyman who was as unlike a parson as a rabbit is like a terrier uh, do you know if mr pendle is within my friend asked the chaplain with bland politeness the stranger started at the mention of the name his face grew paler, his scar waxed redder, and with all his Dutch courage there was a look of alarm visible in his cold eyes. "'I don't know,' said he insolently, yet with a certain refinement of speech, "'I shouldn't think it likely that a pothouse like this would be patronized by a bishop.' Uh, "'Pardon me, sir, I speak of Mr. Gabriel Pendle, the son of his lordship.' "'Then pardon me, sir.' mimicked the man if i say that i know nothing of the son of his lordship and what's more i'm damned if i want to i see you are more fortunate in knowing his lordship himself said the chaplain with great simplicity the stranger plucked at his worn sleeve with a look of irony do i look as though i were acquainted with bishops said he scoffingly is this the kind of coat likely to be admitted into episcopalian palaces yet it was admitted sir if i am not mistaken you called at the palace two nights ago did you see me certainly i saw you replied cargrim salving his conscience with the jesuitic saying that the end justifies the means and i was informed that you were a decayed clergyman seeking assistance i have been most things in my time observed the stranger gloomily but not a parson you are one i perceive cargrim bowed i am the chaplain of bishop pendle and the busybody of Berminster, i should say rejoined the man with a sneer see here my friend and he rapped cargrim on the breast with a shapely hand if you interfere in what does not concern you there will be trouble i saw dr pendle on private business and as such it has nothing to do with you hold your tongue you black crow and keep away from me cried the stranger with sudden ferocity or i'll knock your head off now you know and with a fierce glance the man moved out of the doorway and sauntered round the corner before cargrim could make up his mind how to resent this insolence hm said he to himself with a glance at the tall retiring figure that is a nice friend for a bishop to have he's a jailbird if i mistake not and he is afraid of my finding out his business with pendle birds of a feather sighed mr cargrim entering the hotel i fear i sadly fear that his lordship is but a whited sepulchre a look into the bishop's past might show me many things of moment and the fat living of heathcroft seemed almost within cargrim's grasp as he came to this conclusion now then sir interrupted a sharp but pleasant female voice 
and what may you want?' Mr. Cargram wheeled round to answer this question, and found himself face to face with a bar, glittering with brass and crystal and bright-hued liquors in fat glass barrels, also with an extremely handsome young woman, dressed in an astonishing variety of colours. She was high-coloured and frank-eyed, with a great quantity of very black hair twisted into many amazing shapes on the top of her head. In manner she was as brisk as a bee and as restless as a butterfly, and being adorned with a vast quantity of bracelets and lockets and brooches, all of gaudy patterns, jingled at every movement. This young lady was Miss Bell Mosk whom the frequenters of the Derby winner called a dashing beauty, and Mrs. Pansy a painted jade. With her glittering ornaments, her bright blue dress, her high colour, and a general air of vivacity, she glowed and twinkled in the lamplight like some gorgeous plumaged parrot, and her free speech and constant chatter might have been ascribed to the same bird miss mosk i believe said the polite cargrim marvelling that this gaudy female should be the refined gabriel's notion of feminine perfection i am miss mosk replied bell taking a comprehensive view of the sleek black-clothed parson what can i do for you i am mr cargrim the bishop's chaplain miss mosk and i wish to see mr pendle mr gabriel pendle bell flushed as red as the reddest cabbage rose and with downcast eyes wiped the counter briskly with a duster why should you come here to ask for mr pendle said she in guarded tones i called at his lodgings miss mosk and i was informed that he was visiting a sick person here my mother replied bell not knowing what an amazing lie the chaplain was telling yes mr pendle comes often to see uh, my mother is he here now asked cargrim noticing the hesitancy at the end of her sentence because i wish to speak with him on business he is upstairs i dare say he'll be down soon oh don't disturb him for my sake i beg but if you will permit me i shall go up and see mrs mosk here comes mr pendle now said bell abruptly and withdrew into the interior of the bar as gabriel appeared at the end of the passage he started and seemed uneasy when he recognized the chaplain cargrim he cried hurrying forward why are you here and he gave a nervous glance in the direction of the bar a glance which the chaplain saw and understood but discreetly left unnoticed i wish to see you he replied with great simplicity they told me at your lodgings that you might be here so why interrupted gabriel sharply i left no message to that effect cargrim saw that he had made a mistake i speak generally my dear friend generally he said in some haste your worthy landlady mentioned several houses in which you were in the habit of seeing sick people amongst others this hotel mrs mosk is very ill i have been seeing her said gabriel shortly ay ay you have been seeing mrs mosk gabriel changed colour and cast another glance towards the bar for the significance of cargrim's speech was not lost on him do you wish to speak with me he asked coldly i should esteem it a favour if you would allow me a few words said cargrim politely 
I'll wait for you outside.' And in his turn the chaplain looked towards the bar. "'Thank you. I can come with you now,' was Gabriel's reply, made with a burning desire to knock Cargram down. "'Miss Mosk, I am glad to find that your mother is easier in her mind.' "'It's all due to you, Mr. Pendle,' said Bell, moving forward with a toss of her head, directed especially at Mr. Cargram. "'Your visits do, mother, a great deal of good.' "'I am sure they do,' said the chaplain, not able to forego giving the girl a scratch of his claws. "'Mr. Pendle's visits here must be delightful to everybody.' "'I dare say,' retorted Bell, with heightened colour, "'other people's visits would not be so welcome.' "'Perhaps not, Miss Mosk. Mr. Pendle has many amiable qualities to recommend him. He is a general and deserved favourite.' "'Come, come, Cargram,' interposed Gabriel anxiously, for the fair Bell's temper was rapidly getting the better of her. "'If you are ready, we shall go. Good evening, Miss Mosk.' good evening mr pendle said the barmaid and directed a spiteful look at cargram for she saw plainly that he had intentionally deprived her of a confidential conversation with gabriel the chaplain received the look which he quite understood with an amused smile and a bland inclination of the head as he walked out arm in arm with the reluctant pendle bell banged the pewters and glasses about with considerable energy for the significant demeanour of cargram annoyed her so much that she felt a great inclination to throw something at his head but then miss mosk was a high-spirited girl and believed in actions rather than speech even though she possessed a fair command of the latter well cargram said gabriel when he found himself in the street with his uncongenial companion what is it it's about the bishop my father is there anything the matter with him i fear so he told me he was going to london oh, what of that said gabriel impatiently he told me the same thing yesterday has he gone he left by the afternoon train do you know the object of his visit to london no what is his object he goes to consult a specialist about his health what cried gabriel anxiously is he ill i think so some nervous trouble brought on by worry by worry has my father anything on his mind likely to worry him to that extent cargram coughed significantly i think so said he again he has not been himself since the visit of that stranger to the palace i fancy the man must have brought bad news did the bishop tell you so no but i am observant you know privately gabriel considered that cargram was a great deal too observant and also of a meddlesome nature else why had he come to spy out matters which did not concern him needless to say gabriel was thinking of bell at this moment however he made no comment on the chaplain's speech but merely remarked that doubtless the bishop had his own reasons for keeping silent, and advised Cargram to wait until he was consulted in connection with the matter, before troubling himself unnecessarily about it. "'My father knows his own business best,' finished Gabriel stiffly, "'if you will forgive my speaking so plainly.' 
'Certainly, certainly, Pendle; but I owe a great deal to your father, and I would do much to save him from annoyance. By the way,' with an abrupt change of subject, 'do you know that I saw the stranger who called at the palace two nights ago during the reception?' 'When? Where?' 'At this hotel this evening. He looks a dangerous man.' Gabriel shrugged his shoulders. 'It seems to me, Cargrim, that you are making a mountain out of a molehill. A stranger sees my father, and afterwards you meet him at a public-house. There's nothing strange in that.' 'You forget,' hinted Cargrim sweetly, 'this man caused your father's illness.' 'We can't be sure of that, and in any case my father is quite clever enough to deal with his own affairs. I see no reason why you should have hunted me out to talk such nonsense. Good night to you, Cargrim. And with a curt nod the curate stalked away, considerably annoyed by the meddlesome spirit manifested by the chaplain. He had never liked the man, and now that he was in this interfering mood, liked him less than ever. It would be as well, thought Gabriel, that Mr. Cargrim should be dismissed from his confidential office as soon as possible. Otherwise he might cause trouble and Gabriel mentally thought of the high-coloured young lady in the bar. His conscience was not at ease regarding his admiration for her, and he dreaded lest the officious Cargrim should talk about her to the bishop. Altogether the chaplain, like a hornet, had annoyed both Dr. Pendle and his son, and the bishop in London and Gabriel in Berminster were anything but well disposed towards this clerical busybody who minded everybody's business instead of his own. It is such people who stir up muddy water and cause mischief. Meanwhile the busybody looked after the curate with an evil smile, and, gratified at having aroused such irritation as the abrupt parting signified, turned back to the Derby winner. He had seen Bell, he had spoken to Gabriel, he had even secured an unsatisfactory conversation with the unknown man. Now he wished to question Mrs. Mosk, and acquaint himself with her nature and attitude. Also he desired to question her concerning the military stranger, and with this resolve presented himself again before Miss Mosk, smiling and undaunted. "'What is it?' asked the young lady, who had been nursing her grievances. A mere trifle, Miss Mosk. I wish to see your mother. Why? was Bell's blunt demand. My reasons are for Mrs. Mosk's ears alone. Oh, are they? Well, I'm afraid you can't see my mother. In the first place, she's too ill to receive anyone, and in the second, my father does not like clergymen. Dear, dear, uh, not even Mr. Pendle? "'Mr. Pendle is an exception,' retorted Bell, blushing, and again fell to wiping the counter in a fury, so as to keep her hands from Mr. Cargrim's ears. "'I wish to see Mrs. Mosk particularly,' reiterated Cargrim, who was bent upon carrying his point. "'If not, your father will do.' "'My father is absent in Southbury. Why do you want to see my mother?' "'I'll tell her that myself, with your permission said cargrim suavely you shan't then replied bell and flung down her duster with sparkling eyes in that case i must go away replied cargrim seeing he was beaten and i thank you miss mosk for your politeness 
By the way,' he added, as he half returned, 'will you tell that gentleman with the scar on the cheek that I wish to see him also?' 'Seems to me you wish to see everybody about here,' said Bell, scornfully. 'I'll tell Mr. Jentham, if you like. Now go away. I'm busy.' "'Jentham,' repeated Cargrim, as he walked homeward. "'Now I wonder if I'll find that name in the bishop's cheque-book.' End of chapter 6